want to give honor to my pastor, my bishop, and all the elders of the church. Thank them for their leadership and their confidence they placed in me to be able to preach the word tonight. I want to give, uh, say a big thank you to my wife for praying for me and putting up with me. Every time I have to preach, I, I put her on the spot and I tell her, if I don't preach good, it's because you didn't pray hard enough. She's been praying really hard. So I'm believing we're going to have a good message. And I believe I have heard from the Lord. I believe God has a message for you. If you're here today, it's for a reason. Amen. Amen. I know that uh, a lot's going on in the world. There's a lot of distractions going on right now. And uh, I'm just so thankful that everything that's going on outside these four walls does not affect what's happening right now. It has nothing to do with us. We are in the house of God in the presence of the Almighty. Amen. An innumerable, innumerable host of angels. Amen. The wit there's a witness in the house today. Hallelujah. It's good to have our pastor back. We definitely missed you, Pastor. And Sister Ange, we're glad that you're back. Amen. If you all stand, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be turning to the book of Acts, chapter 16, verse number... I gave the word lady my notes back there so bear with me okay thank you verse 16 amen this is our Wednesday night Bible study and uh, I'm not much of a Bible study kind of guy you know uh, brother JJ I'm kind of like you when I was preparing for this message it was awesome I was on fire I was all over the place the Holy Ghost is moving, so I'm believing God to do that today. Amen. If you're there, say amen. Amen. Acts chapter 16, verse 16. And I'm going to read a little bit of scripture, but uh, I'll let you stand after I'm done. You're welcome. And it came to pass, as they went to prayer, a certain damsel possessed with the spirit of divination met us. Which, which brought, brought her masters much gain by soothsaying. The same followed Paul and us, and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And, the, and her masters, when her masters saw that the hope of their gains were gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace under the rulers and brought them to the magistrates, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city. Let that be said of every Christian, that we trouble their cities. Amen. And they teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither do observe being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them. And the magistrates ran off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into the prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely. Verse 24, who having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast 
in the stocks. Pastor, will you pray for the remainder of the service? Amen. You may be seated. Now, if I could title this message, it would simply be Satan's Best Efforts. Satan's Best Efforts. Now, this is not a scripture that we have not heard before. We've heard about Paul and Silas, the midnight hour, all the uh, wonderful things that happened. But there's something that the Lord laid on my heart. And I actually had like five different titles for this message. Double trouble. Prayer, prayer creates powerful praise. Uh, there is purpose in your trouble. Beaten, but not broken. I mean, you could probably preach this message a thousand different ways. But there's something very specific that the Lord began to deal with me about. And it was, it was very, a very simple message. He said... There, every time that Satan tries to do something against the church, every time Satan tries to uh, fight you and me, and he tries to hinder what God is trying to do in our lives, it's never enough for Satan just to do one thing. It's not enough just to do, you know, just to smite you one time. It's not enough just to uh, cause you trouble in one area. It seems like, you know, uh, when it rains, it pours. And Paul and Silas, if you were to go back to verse 1 of 16, and I, and I spared you all that, and I'm just going to kind of condense it a little bit, but there, a lot happened between verses 1 and verses 16. You know, Paul had already had some troubles where they were uh, debating on who to take on this, this mission trip, and Paul ends up taking Silas, and it says that they went through the cities, and, and, and they came to certain cities, and, and it says the Holy Ghost stopped them. And forbid them to speak in certain areas and for, forbid them to go into certain cities. And, you know, to me that sounds kind of odd that why would God not want us to preach the whole gospel to the whole world everywhere? Well, the truth is God does want us to do that. But there's a time and there's a place and there's a purpose. Amen. So as they're walking along in their journey in this mission trip and they're trying to do the work of God and the will of God in their lives, they've been prayed for, they've been sent on a mission to go out and preach the whole gospel to the whole world. But it seemed like, you know, in this city God said no, and in that city God said no, and God said don't speak in this city. And I'm sure Paul was thinking, isn't it enough that the whole world's trying to shut us up and now God don't even want us to open our mouths? But God had a purpose and he had a plan. And along this journey, you know, even though it seemed like everything was going against them, they ended up, you know, reaching out to a, uh, a woman named Lydia. She was a seller of purple in the city of Thyatira. 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 All right. Thank you, Bishop. And it says that she was baptized, her household, and they stayed there for a while. And as they stayed there for a while, things came to pass that, this damsel came out and, and began to trouble Paul. And uh, Paul recognized right away that this was the enemy coming against him. And he took the authority that God had given him and he cast out the devil. Little did he know that very, in a very short while he would be um, beaten, whipped, 
him and Silas both. It says that they, the whole multitude, the, the, uh, the um, how, do you, how would you say it? Uh, the consensus, the, the, the group, they all agreed together to do this one thing, to, to beat these men. And that wasn't enough just to beat them. You know, it wasn't enough just to, uh, to make an open show of Paul and Silas in the streets and to let everybody know and put them on notice that if anybody comes into our place and they start teaching customs that are not our customs and they try to, to, uh, to uh, turn our cities and trouble our cities, we're not going to stand for it. It said that if after they had laid many stripes upon them, that they cast them into the prison. Strike two. He charged the jailer to keep them safely. Meaning, if the jailer did not do his job, there would be consequences to pay. The jailer knew that his life depended on doing what he was told to do. It says not only did they, they beat them, not only did they put stripes upon them, but they cast them into the prison, but that was not enough. He says that he didn't just cast them into the prison, he cast them into the inner prison. That was still not enough. Strike three, and you're out. He says that they made their feet fast in the stocks. It's not enough that you've been beaten. It's not enough that you've been put in prison. It's not enough that you've been put into the darkest part of the prison. But we are going to bind your feet so that you cannot move. Somebody say this with me. Satan's best efforts. Why Satan go through all this trouble? Because you know this was the enemy of their souls. You know this was the devil trying to stop the will of God and the work of God in this, in this city. Satan said, beat them. Beat them till they're almost dead. Then throw them into the prison. No, no, not there. Go deeper. Go so far in the prison that nobody will even see where they're at. Charge the jailer that, they, that they'll be kept safely in there, that nobody will steal them out. Because we know of the stories of Jesus, how they couldn't even keep them in a tomb. Satan whispers into the ear and says, you know what, that's not enough. It's not enough that we've buried them so far deep down into this prison. We need to bind them so that they cannot move. Satan really thought he had done a good job. He patted himself on the back. He told everybody, look at what we have done. We have stopped the church of the living God from progressing in this city. They will not preach and teach this name anymore. They will not cast out devils. They will not take territory that we have claimed. Man, Satan, you did a good job. I'm not Satan, but you know, for effect. Some people might say that at some times, who knows. And I begin to think about this and ponder it, how that Satan's best efforts, Satan's never content with just, you know, beating us. He's never content with just, you know, afflicting our bodies. He's never just content enough to uh, put us in a prison of some sort some type of jail where we feel like we're all alone and secluded. You know, he's got to bind us. He's got to, to put cords upon us and bind our feet and shackle our hands so that we are just, you know, incapable of movement. Has anybody ever felt that way, like you've been just frozen in fear, like you can't move, you can't, you can't worship, you can't jump, you can't praise, you can't clap, you can't stand, you can't sing, you can't do nothing? I've been there. It is a terrible terrible feeling so i begin to think about all the instances in the bible where men of god got god that god has chosen and god has called and god has placed great callings on their lives how that satan would try his best efforts 
We know about Joseph, the king of dreams, how that he was, you know, he had a dream and he, he shared this dream. Anybody ever share a dream with somebody? Yeah, people don't like that. You think you think you're better than them. No. God gave me a dream. God showed me what he wants to do in my life. The brothers are like, listen, you're not the oldest. You're not Judah. You don't, you don't get to say that. We're not going to fall down before you. Uh, guess what? We got plans for you, Joseph. And you know Satan was involved in this. Satan knew that the dream that Joseph had was from God. The spirit realm recognizes the authority and the direction of God in your life. Wasn't it up that they sold him into slavery, their own brothers, but that while he was in slavery, he was lied upon by his master's wife, and then he was thrown into prison. But we know the story of Joseph, how that Joseph came out on the other side victorious, and that Joseph did exactly what God had called him to do. We know of the story of Daniel, how that Daniel was, you know, approved of the king, and, and the king loved Daniel, and, and, the, and the men were jealous of Daniel, so they lied on Daniel, and Daniel, by the decree of the king, was, was thrown in the den. But it wasn't enough that he was thrown into a deep, dark pit. They had to put lions in there. Satan's best efforts. Surely Daniel will be destroyed in the lion's den. Surely he will be devoured and he will be no more and I'll be done with him and we can, we can go on with our plans. But we know the story of Daniel. We know what God did for Daniel. Samson. We know the story of Samson well. He had a, a Nazarite vow. He was called of God to do great things. He was set apart from all of his peers. But we also know how that Samson fell into sin with Delilah. And that how he lost his eyesight. And that wasn't enough. It wasn't enough that he, he, he got his hair cut. And he lost his power. And he lost his authority. But they, cut out, they, they poked out his eyes. And he could not see. But that wasn't enough. They took him and they bound him to a grinding mill. And they made him work blind. Powerless. As a slave. But we know the story of Samson. We know how that story ends. All these men. All of them had something in common. The punishment that they received was not a single punishment. They went through multiple tortures, slavery, imprisonments, afflictions. They were restrained. They were punished because not only did they have a calling on their life, but Satan saw the potential that they had in God. And Satan's best efforts were to stop the work that God desired to do. God wanted me to tell somebody tonight that God has a purpose and a plan in your life. And Satan's best efforts have tried to, to cause you to be, to be bound, to be afflicted, to be mourned, to be in prison. He sees what God desires to do in your life. And he wants no, no part of it. He does not want to see what God is getting ready to do and unleash in your life happen. He does not want to see you reach your, your cities. He does, not want to, you, he does not want to see you reach your families. You have power. Amen. These men all had this in common, but they also had something else in common. You see, every single one of these men, before the, uh, the manifestation of the glory of God in their lives, did something very similar. They prayed. 
They prayed. I said they prayed. But it don't stop there. You see, God answered their prayer. But prayer should always be followed by praise. Let me tell you why. When we pray, we're saying, God, I can do nothing of myself. My dependency is totally upon you. The situation that I'm in, I have no control over it. Can anybody say amen to that? You don't have no control over the situation that Satan has placed you in. You didn't put yourself there. The afflictions that you're receiving, whether it's cancer or, or some sickness or COVID, I don't know. You didn't make that happen to you. You pray saying, God, I acknowledge you in this situation. I need you to intervene. I need your help to, to deliver me from where I'm at. But then you praise. And praise says, God, I thank you for what you're doing right now and what you're going to do then. Praise says, I have confidence that what I have prayed is going to come to pass. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. I, I mean, I, I pretty much already preached my message, but I got more notes, so, you know, hey. And you, you may be seated for a moment. If you want to, you don't have to sit. Not make me nervous at all. You don't have to worry. I, I usually only preach about 20 minutes. I got 6 minutes and 43, 42, 41. Amen. I might go a little over. I don't know. But God began to deal with me. That's why my other title was Double Trouble. Amen. We can all relate to this, can we not? It's like, it's not enough, man. I just went through this situation, and now I'm, doing, now I'm going through another situation and another situation. Come on, when is it going to ever end? It's easy to be focused on the things that we're going through and to think that this is, is just is hindering me. It's, I'm bound. I can't, I can't move. I can't do anything. I'm useless. God can't use me right now. You know, even Jesus not only was beaten, but he was nailed to a cross. <laughs> good, good try, Satan. You know, one of the messages or one of the titles I wanted to use was Satan is a loser. <laughs> that, was, that was a good one. He, he's such a loser, he don't even realize how, how bad he is. Like, he can't, he can't win for losing. I mean, he really, he's like, oh, I got him now. I got him right where I want him. It's over. <laughs> checkmate. No, I'm sorry. Jesus is the one that always says checkmate. Amen. Amen. God's in control, Satan. Listen, devil. You're so stupid. God, don't, God won't even let you do anything that he doesn't allow. Like, you can't touch me unless God says okay, and it's for a purpose. Satan's an idiot. I don't know. He's still doing it. I mean, it's been how many thousands of years and still hasn't figured it out. I mean, I read the book. I'm pretty sure he's right, too. He's like, oh, I, I, got, it. I got it this time. He ain't... We're going to win this time, guys. But Satan, you said that last time. Shh. Satan's best efforts. Listen, I want you to laugh. 
Because Satan, is an, he is, has no power over you. He has no authority in your life. The only power Satan has is the power that you give him. Yeah, I'll preach. So what are the binds and the restraints? And you need to ask yourself this, that the enemy has placed on us in our lives. And if he is doing that, if Satan is binding you, if Satan is afflicting you, it's because he sees the potential. He sees the things that God desires to do. He sees the souls that you're going to win. Families, cities, states. Come on. Let me just list a few uh a few things that Satan might be afflicting you with or trying to bind you with. Doubt. Anybody ever have that one? This is a weird one, but how about disobedience? Man, I failed you again. I'm just a loser. I mean, God, how can you use me? Well, God can use a donkey. Sickness. Ah, oh, poor me. I got this sickness. I, God can't use me. Not until I get better. Not until I'm healed. Hmm. Excuses. I got a few of them. Lack of opportunity. Well, there ain't nobody even witness to. Who am I going to give a Bible? Nobody wants a Bible study. How, how about these ones? Looks. Well, I'm not, I don't look as good as, as Garrett. That guy's got all the looks. Just ask Brooklyn. How about weight? I'm too big. I'm too heavy. It's an excuse. Understanding. I'm not smart enough. I don't know the word of God. I can't recite all them scriptures like Pastor Aaron. I don't know. I'm not the smartest Bishop Stoner. Well, you don't have experience like they have either. But uh, listen, if God can use a donkey... You know, we are just glorified mud balls. Well, speech, I, I don't have big words. Oh, well, welcome to Moses' club. Uh, uh, Lord, Lord I, 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 can't, I can't deliver your people. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. Brother Marty, I'm deaf. So I, how can God use me? Oh, trust me, God can use you. God can use you. It's usually, usually a combination of things that restrict us from what God, what we think God wants to do. Like, God, as soon as you take care of A, B, and C, and X, Y, Z, then I'll do it. As soon as you take care of all that, then we can do something. And God's like, well, it's not about you. It's not about your ability. It's not about how you look. It's not about how smart you are. It's not about whether or not you're feeling good or feeling bad. It's not about you know, lack of opportunity or what you look like or because you failed me or because you don't have faith. Philippians 4.13. She got it? All right, I can just turn there. Oh, I just turned off my timer. I'm sorry. <laughs> 4.13, I can, say I can, say I can, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. 
Oh, it's God's strength. Okay, so I can do all things through Christ who strengthens. Yeah, I can do anything that God puts in front of me to do. I can do it. Oh, where does our, where does our strength come from? Oh, the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Can I get an amen? How, long, how much longer do you want me to preach? All right. Oh, my time ran off. Dismiss that. All right. I'm telling you, God is speaking to somebody right now. You're in a prison. You've been beaten. You've been bruised. You feel like you're, you're, I can't do it, God. Listen, all of hell is against me. There's a reason for that. Something great's about to happen. How do you know? Well, I read the book. Chapter 16 of Acts, verse 25. It says, and at midnight, Paul and Silas prayed, one, step one, say prayed, step one, and sang praises unto God, step two. So they prayed, and they sang praises unto God. I mean, that's really all they had to do. Well, how can they do that? They're in a, they've been beaten. They got stripes. They're in the very deepest, darkest place of this prison. They've been putting shackles just because you're in a bad place don't mean you can't pray should pray more bishop said god had god put paul and silas in this prison if you really to be truthful we give satan credit but satan sorry all glory goes to god step one they prayed god we're in a we're in a prison uh, you know where we're at, God. You're here with us. You're in us. You're around us. Um, we need your help. So whatever you want to do is great, wonderful. You know what? Hey, Silas, there's this good praise and worship song. It talks about how great God is. You want to sing it with me? It's in the book of Psalms somewhere. They begin to sing praises unto God. How great is our God. Sing with me how great is our god and all will see how great how great is our god and the prisoners heard them don't you worry what sinners think when you're singing praises to god because they're the prisoners the prisoners heard them. Oh, man, they're worshiping God. Man, that, he's not really on key, but you know, there's a little crack in his voice. But, man, God is great, isn't he? I remember when God this, did this for me and did that for me. I remember when, you know, I used to be really, you know, I, I, I'm in prison because I stole, and I know I shouldn't steal, but, you know, and I lied, and I cheated, and I cheated, and I lied. But, man, God is good. God is good. And suddenly, verse 26, there was a great earthquake, as if the musicians and the singers would come. There was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. Say shaken. Now, you can stand or sit if you want to, but I'm getting ready to close this thing up, and it's going to get real cool real fast. So get ready. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. Why was there such a great earthquake? Why were the foundations shaken? Well, because two saints, 
who are in prison, who are beaten, who are shackled, pray to God and begin to sing praises. Hallelujah is the highest praise. I don't know if that's a song, but it sounds good. The foundations. So listen, you want to know what's so great about Sunday service and why great things happen on Sunday and sometimes not so much on Wednesday, but they should happen on every day that we're here together? is that the foundations are shaken. The foundation, listen, there, every service we're in, there are prisoners under the sound of my voice right now that have shackles, that have been beaten and bruised. This world has chewed you up. You feel like you're on the last leg and you don't know if you can go another mile. Brother, sister, you can. You can do all things, all things through Christ that strengthens you. Let me tell you right now, Satan and hell is shaking in their boots. When we, us, the church, begin to pray, acknowledge God, and sing our praises. And it says, immediately, immediately, all the doors were open. All the doors were opened and everyone's bands were loosed. It is up to us, church, it's up to us, saints, to make a way that sinners can be set free. Your prayers, your praise brings freedom, brings liberty to those that are in prison. You're in that prison so that you can help somebody else get out. Why am I going through this? Because somebody else needs you right now. Somebody else is in that prison. And they don't know how to pray. And they don't know how to sing praises. And they're counting on you to bring freedom and liberty in their lives. Do you know how many souls were saved that day? It don't matter where you're at. Don't matter what you're going through. No matter what you're facing. You are more than conquerors through him that loves you. He who the Son set free is free indeed. We need more freedom in our services. God does not want you to walk out of this church bound. He does not want want you to walk out of this church a prisoner. These altars are open. If you feel like you are bound, if you feel like you are this, this individual, I mean, I welcome the whole church, but we need to come and pray. And say, God, I need you. I'm in a prison. I've been beaten. I've been bruised. I've been shackled. I don't want to live this way no more. I know there's a purpose for my suffering, but God, I need freedom. I need liberty. I need the shackles to be removed. Those of you that are like Paul and Silas, your prayers and your worship will help somebody to be free. I saw my niece Emma praying in the altar on Wednesday or Sunday. And as she was praying, you know, I know she's going through some things. And God knows what she's dealing with. But I feel like she was, she was bound. And she was asking God for help. But what I really wanted to tell her to do is, once you're done praying, stand up and praise the Lord. There are people that need the Holy Ghost. And they come and they pray and they don't receive it. They come and pray, but we need to get them to the next step to praise God for the Holy Ghost. Praise God for the victory. 
Praise God for deliverance. Praise God for your healing. God, I need a healing in my body. Hallelujah. Thank you for my healing. Woo. These altars are open. Somebody under the sound of my voice needs to begin to pray and praise for your family. Pray and praise for your workplace. Pray and praise for your, for your schools. Pray and praise for your church. Come on, church. You have power. You have authority. Satan's best efforts are futile. Futile. He has no power. He has no authority. He can do nothing that God don't allow him to do. Hallelujah, Jesus. Lord, we pray right now, God. We pray for your will in our lives. We pray, God, for, for a freedom and a liberty. Come on, let's pray together. Let's pray as a church. God, we pray for our brothers and sisters that are bound. We pray, God, for a movie or a Holy Ghost. We pray, God, for the outpouring of your spirit. We pray, God, for miracles, signs, and wonders, God. We pray right now for, for revival and more like tabernacle. We pray, God, for our family. Lord, pray for that need right now. And once you're done praying, begin to worship him for who he is. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace, the lover of my soul, the great and mighty God. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus.